attempt to welcome to the Ailing Vale podcast. It, it is Sunday the 13th of November. It's now 20 past eight. It was about eight o'clock when we tried first time. Um, and I'm joined by Stephen Johnny. Stephen Johnny, did I have you watch the cricket today? We did. We've already had this discussion and then you, you rudely cut us off because your brew was ready. <laughs> the PC restarted it now. I'm still on Metalli. It's still at 0% complete because it's trying to do an update. So I've had to fire up another means of joining the call. Ah, look at you. Look at you. This, this is what happens when you're um, when you're all all rich after off the podcast. Because I, I I saw you on Friday night. People coming right. up to you, dropping your drinks off at the table. Oh, 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 oh. Wait, that, yeah. that was Raquel Vale. Yeah, well, I, I knew who he was. I got I got a mouthful of Raquel. You did. You did. It's Dicko sister. Lovely yeah. lady. You say lovely lady. I, I, I say proper proper head teacher who shouted at me. <laughs> I've, I've got to start being nice to you. So you're looking lovely today, Baz. You're looking lovely. Thanks. That's because I've been in the pub for five hours this afternoon. He's got his yeah. trusty dressing gown on, so he's uh, never varying hey, from the script. I'll tell you that it's been washed today as of the drama. So I got home from the pub, they're nice and dry. Oh. You'd make someone a lovely husband, you would, Baz. I would, wouldn't I? Yeah. No, they've been on the uh, clothes dryer with the uh, dehumidifier underneath. All right. Look at you taking tips off Facebook. Works a treat. To be fair, I've always done that because I'm too tired to put the eating on. Uh, I won't tell you about that. We've got a a smart meter now. I'll tell you one thing. I've become addicted to it. I'm I'm, I'm cutting down on baths. No Xbox after nine o'clock for Joe. Florence has got to read by candlelight. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm economising big style here. That explains the smell last time I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, was before, that, that, was before, that was pre-economising, that was. Oh, Christ. Worse now. Christ. And as everyone can tell, we all really try and put off, well, I certainly am trying to put off, talk about yesterday's results, which obviously was Oxford 4 Vay on nil, and I'm going to pass over to Steve in a minute to host. Steve couldn't see all the game, but... I was there, but I was drunk, and Johnny was there sober, so it'll be interesting to see the two views. Um, we all try and put it off, as I say. Disclaimer at the start of the pod, what we're going to talk about is based on yesterday's 90 minutes. Me and Johnny had a chat beforehand, and we were both on the same wavelength. This isn't either us pressing the panic button for the season and saying, God, we're in a relegation battle and we're going to go down. Neither of us think we are. We think it was a really, really bad day at the office. Some players failed to show up, and we'll be calling them players out that failed to show up. I'll be calling one out more than others, to be fair. Johnny will be calling a different one out more than others. I haven't got a man of the match, so I don't think any of them deserve them. So we'll see what Johnny thinks. And yeah, we're going to judge today's pod on the Oxford 4 Vale nil result and on the performance that we saw on the day. So Steve, over to you. Yeah, I'll, before I go, it's a bit of a Carling Cup job. I'm like a late replacement. Andy couldn't make it. Amos is 15 pints deep and 27 Jaeger bombs in, in May Bank. So it's, you know, I saw most of the game, but not all of it. So I'm just going to basically ask these guys a question. I'm going to make a few bullets and see what they say. I mean, after Bez disappeared, me and Johnny were talking. We both saw a tweet where a guy said, oh, you know, this team's a disgrace. There's, I'd build, there's only one player worth his place in it. I'd build my team around Will Forrester. Three weeks ago, we were joking that we were looking at the playoffs after a, after a heavy battering. I don't think we should be looking at getting relegated. The truth is always somewhere in between. But, you know, we all said throughout the season we're going to take a couple of pastings and we have to accept that. But 
with the, with the, the run Oxford are on and the injuries and the suspensions they had yesterday probably shouldn't have been one. If we go to the stats, Oxford had 21 shots on target to Vales, uh, sorry, 21 shots to Vales 14. They had eight on target to our two, which is two more than I can remember. Um, they had 60, their pass accuracy was 65% against our 64. They were just better in every department. So I'm going to do like Bez has been doing. I'm going to swap between Johnny and Bez. And because Johnny's a bit of, Johnny likes talking about keepers, I'll start with Johnny. And well, can I get it out now? I'll get it out now for those playing bingo. Dog shit. <laughs> get That's it out there minutes. now. And you well, might I'm want gonna... it on your bingo card more than once. Yeah, well, as I say, I'm going to get something out for Beza Bingo. Um, let's be fair. We At the start of the season, you want to predict your points there. No. So we're, we're still four points ahead for you. But, and but let's so... just clarify that, Johnny. At the start of the season, you wouldn't. But as the preview showed, with the form they were in, the players they got missing going into the game, you'd have expected a point at least. You did predict a pasting, Bez, didn't you? Just for the I, I said if there was an early goal, one team would get a pasting. Yeah, I'd, I'll be I'll be fair. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect a point at Oxford at any point, but I would have expected a performance. That's the I think I think that's that's the big thing that killed me. Do you know what I mean? If you lost four 0 and it was end to end, couple of decent goals and stuff like that, you can kind of hold hands up, but. Yeah, yesterday wasn't wasn't good enough. And Bez, obviously, I text you the starting eleven comments. You did. Um, as as we um, as as we've started to do now, um, and I was quite happy with starting eleven. I think your comments were our best back five, in my opinion. Midfield two has worked well recently. Petter's key. Front three isn't for me. If Massey is striker. If he's on a wing, then I'm okay with it, but I don't think Butterworth's a winger on the other side. I'd have probably gone Meepo and Addison if we're playing two. Yeah. And and the thing that like the, the reason I say that is because that there's some 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 players in that eleven haven't played in that position all the career. Yeah, Meepo's twenty one, whatever, but he's been a striker all his life. So why she wanna Right winger that's right wing back that might have played up front ten times in there. It's that's that's frustrating me. The the sort of square pegs round old business. But do you know what frustrated me the most? We said at the start of the season, as Steve just said, we said a couple of games this season we're going to get a pasting, and we expected it. But I expected a pasting from a team that played us off the park and were really good. I didn't think Oxford were very good. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't very good at all, and and that showed that we were we we were the better side in two ten minute spells during that first half, and I think that's the thing that clouds it. The four 0 clouds the sort of actual way that the game went. We had enough chances in that to win it, um, and Harrison missed two guilt cut chances. Gabby Massey is scared of the ball, so didn't put in an open goal in the first half. Having uh, massive dog shit. Yeah. I've been tiptoeing around it for weeks because I haven't wanted to come out and say it because I've been tiptoeing around it because everyone loves him. Gavin Massey is shit. And what frustrates me is, do you two think Gavin Massey's come from Wigan who got promoted last season? Do you think Gavin Massey's one of the highest paid players at the club? No. I think no. because really? of, 
yeah, I think for when we signed him, I think, I think, yeah, I I think he might have been looking more for a club than the other way around. You know what I mean? Him holding out for the biggest offer. I imagine him as one of the higher paid players because where he's come from, his pedigree, etc. And if he is, he is not earning his money at all. He's scared of the ball. He's scared of football. And that one in the first half, and I was going to wait till we talked about Gavin Massey to come on to this, where Addison's had a good head of save well. The ball's gone up in the air. The same. It was similar to Wembley where Garrett's header comes back off the crossbar and Willow goes, attacks the ball and puts it into an empty net. Gavin Massey backed off the ball and waited for it to drop. What he the hell is he playing at? He bounced three times. Yeah, before he even attacked it, that's the annoying thing. Attack it, it's an empty net, it's one all. But it's and he just looks like a player that doesn't want play. He can't be asked, and he doesn't deserve that shit. Gavin Massey no, does I, not deserve that shit. I well, I, I wonder whether Massey again, a bit party esque as some of our players. He's not really a wing back, and we don't play with wingers. He's definitely not centre forward. So why really? Apart from the fact he's allegedly, and I've no reason to disbelieve this, he's really good, good character, good around the dressing room, is experienced. Why do we sign him? I'm, I'm firmly in Johnny's camp, to be honest, Bez. We signed him so late, and there wasn't a lot of club sniffing around him. I imagine he just took what was there. So I can't see him being in the upper echelons of our wage structure, but who knows? Who knows? Has he, had a game stop- yet, just, has he had a game yet where either you two have gone, wow, he's one of our best players? The first, the first four, the first three or four times he was off the bench. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you can't, you can't deny that when he was coming off the bench in them games, he wasn't a game changer. He was running at people. He was direct. He was putting in some good balls. And we, we all said, and Bez, you even said at the time, get him properly fit, and we've got a player on his hands. We seem to have got him properly fit, and he's he's gone backwards, or yeah. he's. He, He's all like Steve just said, or he's a winger that we kind of need to bring on last 30 minutes on the wing when we need a goal. And that's let's not forget we have started him on the wing a few times. Well, we've started him wing back a few times. No, he's played on the wing a few times. Well, we've gone three, four, three. He's had a crack, hasn't he? And for five minutes a game, he looks a good player. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of what we, what we've seen of him, but the, there's something in there. It's just trying to get it out at the minute, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think he's a real confidence player because the other week when he scored against who did he score against Ipswich? Right, in half time, wasn't it? For 45 minutes, he'd been fucking god awful, and I mean god awful. And then he got the goal, and for 10 minutes after that, he looked a good player. And he's gone again. Yeah, Where's the fight? And Johnny, you were there yesterday. Daryl Clark always says, and I'm really surprised how laid back his interview was after the game. He always says that the minimum requirement for his teams is work rate, commitment and desire. Did you see any of them yesterday? From two people? Yeah, go Um, with that. And one of them was subbed and apologised straight away. Yeah, and the other was subbed. Yeah, well, you're going the same one as me. Yeah, for, for, for me, for, Forrester, when he was subbed, held his hands up, apologised. And I think part of that was he was shit scared of being an ex-Stoke player and getting two barrels from all the Vale fans because people were angry. But he was never getting it yesterday. So 
he doesn't have to. A lot of credit in the bank, Forrester has deservedly so. Yeah, I don't think he had too bad of a game yesterday. I think there was a couple of bits where he should have done better, but. And who this... was your other? Is it the same as me? My, 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 well, there's three actually Butterworth and Tom Pet. Yeah, to be fair, three. Yeah, I forgot about Butterworth, but yeah, Pep was my other. I I just again pet subbed and it falls apart, but we'll we'll get we'll get there. We'll yeah. Well let's 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 crack on to the goal. Shall we start them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if I'm if I'm starting then with you, Johnny and Aiden Stone. I'm giving Stoney a five. I think a keeper that concedes four is always gonna lose a mark. The first goal I absolutely hammered Scott Brown for doing what Aiden Stone did. Um, go card tick. Yeah. So, so I've got to hammer Stoney for it. But the other three, I don't really see Stone being at fault for it. I've seen a lot of negativity online towards him. I've seen a lot of people saying he's not a League One goalkeeper, and he's not. He's he's twenty so much. Do you know what I mean? In, in that he might be a League One goalkeeper in a team that can afford to play him and haven't got aspirations to stay up, maybe. But the double save he made in the second half was absolutely fucking fantastic. And you saw he got off his line straight away and was bollocking everyone because it was a disgrace in front of him. I, I, I'm i not laying the blame at Stoney's door. Is he, is he my number one? No. Is Jack Stevens my number one? Just above him, but... I'd still, I still want an actual number one come into the club. I think one of one of my big things is someone turned to me and said, "Does Jack Stevens save any of them?" They don't think so, and and that 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 to me says that you can't be blaming your keeper if if certain people are thinking that way. And I just, yeah, I, I, I felt for Stoney a little bit seeing seeing the grief he got. Um, and said, by no means was it a good 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 goalkeeping performance because. He, he saves that first one and things are different, aren't they? But I think second one, Jonesy doesn't help him by diving in front of him sort of thing. Like, I don't I, I don't really get that. The third was, yeah, the, the, the less said about the third, the better. And the fourth was even worse. So you, as, as a keeper, it's just, I find it really hard and I feel a bit for Stone. Better. I'm with you, to be fair, with a lot of you, what you've said there. I think second, third and fourth, he can't do a lot about. He's not out by the outfield place. First, I think he should do a lot better. I think he makes the initial save, and it's an okay save, but as you say, he pushes it straight into the danger area. You watch that goal back on time. I wouldn't have said this yesterday, but I've watched the highlights today. It goes pretty much down the middle. He probably should be doing better with the first. Second, third and fourth, no problem. As you say, is Aiden Stone a number one in League One? Not yet. But I don't think that means he can't be. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be against bringing a loan keeper in as backup in January, perhaps signing a number one and Stone going out on loan for six months because I think he'll come back a much better goalie. And he's not a bad goalie now, but he wasn't out yeah. by the people outfield at all. Yeah. And I felt for him. I think a lot of the stick he's getting is very harsh. And what can he do? do about the goals and you go back to the extra game the other game we conceded for are any of them goals Stoney's fault no that's it well, one's a screamer one's a penalty isn't it? and then the yeah. other two was just again scrappy I, I think that that's my, my issue is like well you 
what you just said about signing a keeper on loan and then another keeper, you're not getting two keepers in, in January. So I think Stones Stones at that sort of place of if Stevens gets recalled and it wasn't shitty little mind games by Robinson, we're going to need a number one. Now, what we should should have done, in my opinion, is gone and signed a 35, 36-year-old keeper as backup at the start of the season and loan Stone out because realistically, you shouldn't need your backup keeper during the season in too many games. So I'm not saying I want him back, but Exeter have done it with Scott Brown. They've got an 18-year-old kid as third choice who plays the pizza trophy games with Brownie still on the bench. So Brownie doesn't really play any game, but he's on the bench for every game. And that's the sort of thing I think we should have been looking at. It helps Stone. It gives him six, six, 12 months out in the National League or all League Two. Gets him some regular football. Helps him develop as a keeper. And it helps us out in the long run. But we, we didn't. And we've we've similarly left with the same discussions as last season of no one's really sure who the number one is. And yeah. it's going to get even more sketchy in three weeks' time. But, but if Carl Robinson is telling the truth. Yeah, I think that we all set the start of the season. I'm not a massive fan of signing a loan keeper because what could well happen in January is if he goes back, we're left in it, it's harder to sign someone in January than it, than it is in the summer. We ran the risk of Stevenson, Stevenson doing pretty well or something like that, it had been recalled, then Stone being the only option. I think it's fairly obvious that Clarkey doesn't fancy him as a League One keeper yet. And I was firmly with you, Bez, that in it, you know, should he go out on loan? But we can't really do that because we didn't, as Johnny's just pointed out, make the correct signings to give us a bit of flexibility with Stone to help in and help us. Going back to the goals, I would just say the first one. Well, a lot goes wrong in that goal, you know, before we get to Stone. The last, yeah, yeah, a lot does. He, he, he's got, he runs into open space. The, the gap between the defence and the field is massive. He lines up, he's got plenty of time to line up his shot and his shot wasn't that fantastic. And Stone should have done better. Could Sammy Robinson have reacted quicker? I don't know. It, yeah. It's one of them. But apart from the goal, I don't really see what Stone could have done. And when you do concede four goals, the keeper always gets it in the net, doesn't he? But anyway, we'll start. We'll go on to you, Bears, and we'll go left to right. So we'll start with number three, Dan Jones. Well, Johnny, are you having that? I'm not. Uh, it, it made me sick a little bit in my mouth, but, you know. <laughs> well, you're going to go Forrester first. <laughs> yeah, we, we, please go right to left. Yeah, okay, I we'll, get right, we'll get right to that. When I went left to right. Yeah, it's just because on my phone, I'm just going to go on, on my phone. So we're going we're to miss that bit out and we always go right to left. So um, <laughs> everyone's favourite, Will Forrester. Yeah, he was the best of the three and still wasn't great. Probably a five for me and Johnny will give his own rating. The second goal, a lot of people are calling for a foul on Forrester. It wasn't a foul. He's lost his footing and tried to pull their man down with him. And the second goal, you can probably attribute to Forrester slipping. And it's probably a Forrester mistake, so loses a mark for that. He was okay. He tried, which is more than some players did. He got forward when he could. But again, not out by the players around him. And it's a five for Forrester for me. Johnny? Yeah, I think he was on a five for me. I think my my thoughts on the, the second goal was weak as piss. I thought... He, once he's slipped and got his hands on there, lad, he needs to just drag him down and take the booking. Um, but, yeah, not much you can say about Forrester. Again, he's in a defence that's conceded four goals, but 
he isn't wholeheartedly at fault because there's a lot that comes before and after as well of, of every goal. Lewis Cass yeah. made a similar mistake the weekend before. Would Cass be getting a harsher treatment than Forrester's getting for an identical, pretty similar mistake? I think Forrester was pretty weak and should have pulled him down. But I think that he's in a different stage than Cass and Cass would have been would have got more criticism than Forrester's getting for a similar mistake. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Go on, Johnny. Well, as I say, I agree. I think Cass would have got palters, especially from me. But I think that's because we mentioned earlier, Forrest has got a bit of credit in the bank off. Yeah, the and it is it. You get you get credit in the bank by playing well, don't you? It's as simple as that. So you you all you are allowed to make more mistake or the odd mistake if you've got a bank of work to fall back on that people know you've been good. So I just thought it was interesting the treatment that Cass would have got for a pretty similar mistake. And it, they were both a mistake of an inexperienced player because Forrester should, like you said, Forrester should have just hauled him down, taken the booking and moved on. But anyway, so we'll move on into the centre, Johnny, with the smudgy. Two for Smithy. I think this is going to, I know he's everyone's little princess, but it's going to really hurt some people. He was at fault for three of the four goals we conceded. The, the, fir- the first goal when you roll it all the way back, and this is Steve, this is what you've just said, that they had a big run. There's three players before it even gets to the shot who should have done better. Smithy's one of them three players. The ball gets, Harrison's weak as piss when he goes up for the header, falls over, doesn't get it, and that's why he doesn't win a free kick all game because of that. After that, the ball's played through Tom Pett, who should have done better cutting out. And then Smithy stands with the man, Matt Taylor, when Forrester, if you look on the still, is telling everyone to push over and Smithy should be going out to attack. So that's the first one, which was shit by him. The second one where Forrester falls over, Smithy, some for some reason, runs in a straight line down, down towards the um, byline to try and cut it out rather than getting tighter to the man and trying to cut, cut the ball out at source. And then the fourth one, is that header where Smithy ends up bollocking Garrity for not getting it, but Smithy's just stood as a statue. And I know everyone loves Nath, and I know he's a fantastic player, but Matty Taylor absolutely bullied the shit out of him and made him look like a really average League Two defender, not even not even the League One defender that we've seen quite recently. And they're the games where Smithy, like, Early Smithy against Akin Van Warren and players like that. That's what that used to happen with Smith. And it happened again. Are players allowed a bad day at the office? Of course they are. Is is Nathan Smith going to recover from that? Of course he is. Am I writing him off and saying he's, he's shit? No, I'm not. But it was a bad performance. And you've got to call it out. Because like similarly to what you've just said, Steve, if that's any of the other defenders, they get palters to being at fault for three goals. But I've not really seen anything of Smith because... He is, he is our darling. He is one of our own, but you've got to call a spade a spade sometimes, and he was shit. Follow that, Beth. I, I can't. There's nothing else to add. I, I totally agree. Matty Taylor got the absolute freedom of Oxford, and you're not used to seeing a striker having that much freedom when they're up against Smithy. Again, as Johnny just reiterating, I was going to say, Smithy has got a lot of credit built up because he's had a lot of good games this year. He's probably had two bad ones that I can think of. That was his second one. It's probably his worst of the season. He had a stinky yeah. yesterday. Bad day at the office. Smithy will come back stronger. Some of the other players, I'm not sure will. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of times. There's just been a couple of times when that's happened to Smith this season, when players have made him look a bit average. Peterborough, Johnson, Harris. I'm just trying to think of the other one. You he's real. Devante Cole against Barnes. Devante Cole, Barnes. Yeah, they were the two I was thinking of, and it, it's going to happen. You know, he wasn't good yesterday. When you when you break the goals down, that he's he's there or thereabouts for all of them. So, but as you say, Smithy is very consistent. But every now and again, and he's, he's stepping into a higher league, and you know, against good players and tails been about and is a good player. But he made it easy for him. But anyway, yeah. Okay. I think just just before with what you've just said about them three strikers, well, I think you've, we've got a caveat that each one of them three strikers has been sold for half a million pound within yeah, the last yeah. three or four years. You know what I mean? Like Johnson Johnson Clark Harris is is easily a million pound striker, if not more. Matty Taylor didn't he go to Bristol City for a decent fee? Yeah. Um, before Oxford and Devante Coles had two two or three big moves and and whatnot in between. So you've got to caveat that there is some very good strikers in this league and that's going to happen to Nate. But it was just a bad day and I did feel sorry for him because it's not through lack of trying with him. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you can never label at Smithy, he, ne- he never, he never pies it off or dials it in, does he? he no matter what, how bad things are getting, he stands up and be counted, but he still wasn't one of his best games. So let's go to the left. Dan Jones, and it's, it's you... It's you best this time, isn't it? Yeah, um, Dan Jones has earned that left centre-back spot this season and he probably lost it yesterday because he was dying. Absolute dying. He's been great for us this season and I won't have a word said against him normally. His cross-field passes, I can't remember one finding a veil man yesterday. He's defending left a bit. Do you want Sammy Robinson found him? Do you want Sammy Robinson? Yeah, the 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 one the one where he he, he missed it massively. It was going out to the bar. It was going out for a goal kick, and Sammy busted a gut. Yeah, like I say, he didn't find his man once. <laughs> that was a great yeah. pass. Yeah, way <laughs> over it, and luckily Sammy got there. But we'll come on yeah. to Sammy. Uh, yeah, his worst game of the season without a shadow of a doubt. Terrible. Unfortunately for him, that's a position we've got another player that can step in. And yes, he hasn't performed this season. But the shirt's over to Conor all now. Dan Smith was garbage. Dog you got a, mark for, got a mark for him? Johnny does the marks, I don't. <laughs> okay, Johnny. <laughs> over to you. <laughs> I'm not as harsh as Bez has just been on Jonesy because I don't really think that he was at fault for any of the four goals as as Smithy, as I just pointed out with Smithy was. I think Jones wasn't great offensively. His passing wasn't as good as it usually is. Defensively, he got himself out of a couple of of bits and pieces with with the fact that he he has got a bit of a turn of pace about him. I just think that the big thing yesterday was that they targeted our left-hand side and Jones, similar to Peterborough, had a two-man job because his his mate really didn't help him out at all. Um, and yeah, it, it it wasn't great, but he would he was a, he would have been on a four for me. Yeah. I think Jones wasn't brilliant, but you'll come on to me in a bit. I think he was hung out to dry a bit, but we'll go back to the right hand side, Johnny. I'm interested in this one, Sammy Robinson. Sammy, a four for me for Sammy. I think offensively it would have been a six. Defensively, it probably was a two or three. So I've settled on a four. 
I think going forward, he's such a bright spark. He looks really good. He takes his man on, delivers the ball well. The corner he took was a disgrace where he just kicked it out for a goal kick. Defensively, he didn't out Forrester at all for the second goal where Forrester was dragged down. That should be where Robinson's out out and helping back. A couple of times he wasn't back, and then you saw the petulance of him with the little dangle of the foot, which really wasn't a booking when you've seen it back on a replay. Um, Robinson dangled the foot there and the lads kicked it, but he put himself in that position by getting a bit angry and showing a bit of inexperience. So Sam is brilliant. And I saw an interesting take from somebody, um, well, good, I think Goodwin told me on the way back that somebody put... Um, state an unpopular opinion and their unpopular opinion was Sammy Robinson is garbage and that was quite interesting I don't know if they were making that off that performance or off all the performances because ah, Sammy's brilliant for me I think there's, there's so much potential there it's untrue Best. Yeah, I'm with you on Sammy overall I think you've been kind to him yesterday I think that's the worst performance he's had Offensively, I don't think he did a lot yesterday apart from keep that ball in the Jones over it. I do think that for the first time in his career, he got doubled up on, which obviously is his reputation going in before him because every time he got the ball, there was two Oxford lads on him and he's probably never had that before. So it's something he's got to learn, something he's got to adapt to and he will get better. Defensively, wasn't great at all and I thought it was his worst performance in the version. I think he'd been kind with the four. Yeah, that's but it. overall, I love him. Yeah, the only, the only reason he gets the four, I'd say, I think, I think going forward, he was a bright spark. And that, that shows, potentially that shows how bad our forward line was if he's the bright spark of it. And you say, you're saying that he didn't have the best of games. I think he put in some, a couple of really good balls that should have and probably could have come to more uh, for me. And yeah, I just think he was all right. But I, I think normally he beats men a lot more than he did yesterday. But again, I think that's because they were doubling up on him. Yeah, they definitely were. Yeah, Robinson, for me, I don't buy that tweet at all. I think he's a really good player yesterday. Not his best, but this is his first season of league football. And he's not in League Two either now. He's, at this, he's cutting his teeth in League One. And when you when the rest of your team are not playing particularly well, it takes a hell of a young player to drag a team up from a performance like that. But we'll move on now to the to the other side. And Mal. So Bezzer. Give it to me, baby. I'm wondering whether he's dropped that caravan off he was towing yesterday. Which one? Because, Christ, <laughs> God knows. Because their right wing back had the freedom of Oxford down the right and Mal Benning was chasing him, and I think Mal Benning was going backwards. He was atrocious yesterday. Absolutely atrocious. And again, everyone knows I love Mal Benning and knows I stuck up for Mal Benning last year when people were slating him. But really, really, <laughs> probably worst performance in a Vale shirt. And I put him with that, the ones at the start of last season when people Wolf were slating Wolf. him. Yeah, probably. Wolf away. <laughs> but he just wasn't there yesterday. You could have taken him off the pitch and there'd have been no difference. He wasn't there. He was can I, awful yesterday. Can I just tell you? Can I just tell you something on that Bez as well? Go on. He was up against a thirty-three-year-old winger. You're joking. Well. Yeah, James Henry. 
It's it's Adam, it was. I assumed it was a young lad who was full of energy, to be totally honest with you. I didn't realise it was James Henry. It was James Henry. And that's that that kind of makes it worse. Not not saying that 33 that you can't be still quick, but you you are on the, the downwards downward bit of your career, aren't you, at 33? Yep. So and I will caveat saying James Henry's had a very good career and is a very good footballer. But he was completely outpacing Malbany, completely, to the point where it looks as though Usain Bolt was up against you, Johnny. Exactly. And I, I was obviously the one outpacing Usain Bolt. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. No die yesterday, Malbany. And is he one of me ones that I said would have got a minus if I was giving the ratings? No, there was two a lot worse than him. Which is decent. Go on, Johnny. Finish him off. Not literally. He's not a horse, but you know. I, I, ju- I just think with Mal was like Bez just said that it's probably his worst worst game of his career with, with us. I think the Warsaw performance was compounded because everything he touched went out of play. This yeah. <laughs> touched the ball to kick it out of play. He couldn't get near it. And I think that made it worse was that he just wasn't getting near anything at all. Like he just there was there was one in the first half, Bez, in front of us where he was sprinting back. I don't know if you remember it, and he was his back was arched back like a proper sprinter, and he just wasn't moving. Yeah. And I was just like, what what is he stuck in a vortex or is is their pitch as heavy as ours? And like we just don't know it. And I was just I was really confused by him, and yeah, Mal. He gets he gets a two. I, I just think that him, I say him and Smithy were really bad, and Mal again didn't help Jonesy out whatsoever down that side. But it's just too many times. Oh, is it complacency from Mal? Is it the fact that we haven't got another left wing back at the club that? You look at the right side, for example, and was has a bad game. Robinson can step in. Robinson has a bad, bad game, and closure is bad. Massey can step in. We've got no, three going too far now. We've got three players out there that can play right wing back, and we've seen decent performances from all three there. Whereas on the left, Thierry Small was given twenty minutes there at Exeter, and then moved to a right winger. He then was converted to a forward and then sacked off. McCarran's played a game and off in the first team and then seemingly disappeared off the face of the earth. So is it a little bit of complacency for having no challenge there? I, I don't know. I don't want to accuse him of being unprofessional, but it felt like an unprofessional performance yesterday. I would say that, I think this is something we've talked about before, in January, everyone's going to be saying we need a midfielder, we need this, we need another set of four. We do. They're going to be looking for a left wing back in January. They've got to, even if it's not to displace Mal, to at least give him a better challenge, some, some competition. We're overloaded on the right, but not on the left. So we'll move into midfield now. I'll put something we'll out there now about left wing back. I'm sorry, go on, crack on. I can see Dan Jones taking over till January. I don't think that solves it, though, does it? No, no. Like I say, till January, we need yeah. another left wing back. Yeah, I wouldn't. I've seen. I, I don't. I can understand it when we're defending the lead with ten minutes to go, sticking Jonesy there. But 
he doesn't offer enough physically, offensively for me, Jones, over 90 minutes, getting up and down. You know, 10 minutes at the end, fair enough, but it's a specialist position, I think, and I don't think you can shoehorn Dan Jones into it. But anyway, right, so we're, we're still... Any performance unlike yesterday, Dan Jones? Yeah, that we might have to, yeah. You know, it's sort of something we want to do, but if that's something that... If Benny plays like that, and obviously Terry Smalls has disappeared, the lad from Stoke, whose name we won't mention, also seems to have gone down last seen at, I don't know, last seen at the incinerator. So, yeah, we've, we've got a problem there, and it's something they're going to be looking to um, sort out. So we'll move into midfield with Johnny and Tom Pett. Yeah, like I say, Pett was partially at fault for the first first one. Like I said, like, Gave gave them the opportunity to pass the ball through into the lad that ran twenty five yards to have the original shot. So you've got to be stopping that. But I think Pet's issue is that we aren't very good at two in midfield, especially when one of that two in midfield is Tom Conlon with him, who isn't a natural holding holding midfielder. Pet's not a natural holding midfielder, and we we just two in midfield doesn't suit us. Butterworth, again, not his fault, but similar to Peterborough, wasn't the right wasn't the right decision in hindsight when you look at what transpired. Um, but yeah, Pet was was all right. He put in the effort. Again, he gets taken off. It absolutely crumbles. Um, so does does that probably make him? Feel like he had a better game than he did, possibly. But yeah, he was he was all right, but nothing more. Ste- steady six. He there, there was there was enough there was enough times there. He was asking for the ball, showing for it, wanting to be involved, and it's just a shitter for him. Does it? Yeah, not a lot to add to that. To be fair, and with Johnny, totally crumbled when Tom Pat went off, and I know we were two 0 down already at that point, but. At least he'd offered a bit of fight in midfield and he'd offered a bit of someone that wants to get on the ball and keep the ball. And we'll get on to the other one in a minute. But Tom Conlon, uh, Tom Pett was, if I had to pick a man of the match, he's probably getting it. But he won't want it because it wasn't his best performance by any stretch of the imagination. But he's probably the best of a bad bunch for me. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Pet was all right. He wasn't the worst offender by any stretch of the imagination. And we'll go on to somebody who probably might be coming, might be about to get a bit of stick off you, Bezzy. The captain, Tom Conlon. Well, he's going to get more stick off Johnny, so I'm going to keep this short to not steal any of Johnny's thunder. But he was absolute garbage yesterday and was one of the two players who'd be getting a minus rating if I was giving the ratings. All they kept doing was showing him on his right foot and he was clueless. And over to you, Johnny, I'll let you take it. Is that right foot? They were showing him onto his right I didn't. I didn't know he had one. That's why I was just a bit shocked. Mm. He sounds like, like Peter K. Then did garlic bread, right? right, right. What? It's the future. It's the future. Well, yeah, it is the future. Get what? Get a play with two of them, please. Um, <laughs> do you know? I think with with Conlon, the frustrating thing about it was the two spells where we were on top during the game. Conlon looked really good. That the time when he picked the ball, knocked it through the lad's legs, and then ran, ran, and then got put in a hole because he hadn't got a right foot. 
that's the sort of thing where that's what I love seeing see Tom do. Get the ball, drive at people. But you can't do it for five minutes of a game in, in, in spells. You you've got to got to do it for longer. I think he's suffering from the fact that he's a more advanced player being asked to play deep and he hasn't got the skill sets for it. So is it all Tom's fault? No. Is he the sort of player that will dig in and do a job for you? Whatever. Yes, of course he is. He's he's very much brought into Clark. He's mantra. He speaks the same way that Clark he does when, when you hear his interviews. He's towing the line as club captain. What he didn't do yesterday was dig in when it was needed. He didn't, he wasn't bollocking people, he wasn't showing fight. He petulantly got booked for moaning at the referee when it was our free kick. So that was just, that just summed up his season probably. And that's, part of me feels really sorry for Conlon in the terms of he hasn't been dragged dragged through or dragged, dragged in it. He, he's been kept in it all the time and hasn't hasn't been given that sort of not rest, but when Benning's played badly, he's been dragged out of the fire, hasn't he? And someone's replaced him. Same with Connor Hall. Conlon seems like he seems invincible against that. Now, if he doesn't get dropped after that performance, he's never getting dropped. And I've got I a question can... for both. Yeah, so I've got a question for both of you then. Is Ben Garrity looking a better player by not being in the team at the moment? We've conceded no. seven goals in two games and there's not much closing down done. Is Garrity looking better when he's not on the team? You don't think so, Bez. What about you, Johnny? It's an odd one because are you asking me, does he look a better player or does he look better than Tom Conlon? Because I'm, I'm asking you, I'll is he stop rising when he's not on the team? I'll quantify my no. It isn't Garrity's stock that's rising. It's Funzo Ojo's stock that's rising. Yeah. But I don't think we ever, I don't think any of us ever thought Ojo isn't a really good player. In a midfield two, when Garrity's been fit, he has always played. We, we're very open in midfield and, the, and Garrity's not been there in the last couple of games. And the two you know what I think the difference was yesterday? I think when we've played the two in midfield, generally the wing-backs haven't been wing-backs. They've kind of been wide of the midfield. So you've kind of had a midfield four. It's kind of been a three-four-three-ish, to be honest, what we've normally played. And yesterday felt very much like a five-two-three with Butterworth and the attacking behind the strikers. And it kind of felt like we've just got a two-man midfield. Whereas before, when we've played a three-four-three, Oh, that's what it's looked like to me. We've had four across the middle. And yesterday, the two were very, very open because it was just two of them. Because Robinson and Benning were pushed that far back. It was a back five rather than a three, four, three. Yeah, just, just three, interested. Four, kind of, so, yeah, I was just interested because, you know, I've probably stuck up for Garrity more than most. And I just think he has been missing. I think you can see why Clark rates him. So we'll, Let's be honest. When top... Tom Pet went off is when we completely rolled over and had his ballys tippled. Ben Garrity yeah. was on then. He came He's on, the one yeah. that come on to play with Conlon. But, yeah, and that's not me digging Garrity out for yesterday because yesterday is not Ben Garrity's fault by any stretch of the imagination. And to be fair, I think there's games this season that it will be crying out for Ben Garrity to play where Butterworth did. 
to make a three in midfield because I thought yesterday the two in midfield was far too open. Yeah, so we'll do that moves us nice on to uh, a manufacturer known as DJ Butterworth. Go on, Johnny. Yeah, Butterworth was good. Attacking, attacking wise, he 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 runs at people, doesn't he? He made the he made the wrong decision on the two occasions where he actually got through well. I think the the second one, especially, I, I don't. It took it took one one too many touches where he probably should have just passed it off and squared it or just had a shot before he took that extra touch. He he was our bright spark going forward. But ultimately, I'm going to say it must be tactical because he doesn't offer anything going the other way. And I think it's a big risk away from home, even if they are in such bad form and haven't got the two top goal scorers and all the other stuff that had happened. I think it's a big risk playing him because that's two games now where he started in that role and we've conceded three plus goals. Was it three against Peterborough or was it four? Three, one is three, yeah. So, yeah, we've conceded seven goals away from him when he's played in that possession. And now I'm not blaming him, but what I am saying is when you're coming up against the three-man midfield away from home, you need three men in there that are going to be midfielders. And that may be where, like you just said, Garrity defensively helps us out more, but offensively is nowhere near the player that Butterworth is. On that, though, Butterworth had an all right game. Like, it's steady five. I think the two two decisions he, he got wrong knocked him down from a six. But, yeah, he just... It was criminal that he got taken off and Massey stayed on the pitch. That's it. Yeah, I'd just echo what Johnny said, to be fair, and... Dan Butterworth going forward looks a really, really good player. In fact, potentially our brightest player going forward because this season we haven't seen that much of Willow. So going forward this season, probably our brightest player, but totally offers nothing going back, and I do think that's tactical. And I know in the preview, so I'll be an hypocrite not to mention the preview, I said go for it and play Butterworth and you know get some goals and go at them. Just didn't work. Didn't we? Yeah. Because we were far too open in midfield and he didn't help Pat and Conlon defensively. If it was me, I wouldn't play Butterworth in that position away from home. It would take something special. If he's going to play him, I'd play him behind. I'd play him as a genuine stretch, just, just behind Ellis Harris. And then you, then you haven't got the massive problem. I think we're too open, you know, when. Did we think we'd go? I mean, but there's a you, you, you know, hindsight's obviously 2020. Before the game, we were saying Oxford's there for the taking, and he picked him there because he maybe thought Oxford was there for the taking, or maybe we're a bit short of striking options, which is something we'll come on to. But we'll move on to, to the strikers now. And if you're enlisting Mrs. Massey, I'd go make yourself a cup of tea because you're up best for your uh, your current your current uh, squeeze, Gavin Massey. Did you just call him a striker? He played, I said he played striker. <laughs> You're using the term played very, very generously there. He was on <laughs> was the there. pitch in that position. What an absolute garbage performance. If Gavin Massey, like I think, is one of the highest paid players at the club, I'd be looking to offload him and spend the money on someone that wants to wear a veil shirt because that bloke to me doesn't look like someone that wants to wear a veil shirt. He's got no desire, no passion, doesn't look arsed. Can't even throw his body on the line when there's an open goal. Just stands back and lets the ball bounce, as Johnny said three times. And 
the past few weeks I've been hinting that I don't rate him without coming out and saying him because I know he's everyone's darling. And I know last year when I said that about Garrity, it bit me on the horse because Garrity turned it round. And I fully hope Gavin Massey turns it around. I'd love nothing more than Gavin Massey to go and score 20 goals between now and the end of the season. I just can't see it. He is absolute garbage. Dog shit. Over to you, Johnny. And he's another one with a minus rating, if you hadn't guessed. <laughs> How do you follow that? Um, he was shit. He was. He, he, there's, there's not much more you can say about it. The one that really stuck out to me was he got played down the line and he was through on goal and the treacle caught up with him. Their, their, their six foot five defender or however tall he is, because people love my um, my my high ratios. Um, that Ian Brown just galloped in and just was like, "Yeah, fuck off, mate. You, you're not getting this." And it, at the start, when we first signed him, he came off the bench. He was quick. He was direct. He was exciting. He got you off your feet. I tell you what, he was none of that yesterday, and he just. I don't see the point in it. He he stayed on the pitch, which hurt my head. I I don't I don't understand how he did. No, I don't get it. I'm what I was screaming out when politics come on to just take Massey off and put Butterworth next to Harrison and go for it. Was it Clark punishing a few players, making them play ninety minutes because they might not get it? In the next game, who knows? But it's going after. Well, you don't have to do the Butworth can start instead of Harrison, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be starting. Well, I say Butworth and Mipo um, against Charlton, and that's not like ex- filling me with massive amounts of confidence. Just saying that, but it fills me with more confidence than starting Gavin Massey up there. Um, he was just, he was awful. And I'll put it out there, Johnny. I give you a contract and start you up front before I started Gavin Massey. I, I, last time, last time I played up front, I won a penalty. So. Go and do it next week. I'll dig my boots out. Give that, give Daz a ring. Take him out. Yeah, Gavin I, Massey is awful. I'm glad I'm away next week and not there for the game, knowing that Addison's out and Wilson's out. Although I will punish myself and sit in a bar in Spain watching it on iFollow. Sounds like yeah. a punishment, that, doesn't it? Yeah, sitting in Spain does. But, yeah, I just... Uh, Steve's I don't just talking to himself because he's muted himself. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go too hard on, on, on Massey because, like, I just... I just don't get it. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I don't see the point of him. People think it's because I don't like his song. I just, I think he's shit. Yeah. It's, no, it's there's, there's a player there, as I keep saying, but I just haven't seen it. And you can see the abilities there, but it's the hunger, desire there. You know, Alice Harrison, we'll get on to him. Didn't have a great game yesterday, but he was still willing to put his body on the line. He was still willing to try. I didn't see Massey trying. No. And he's only 30 as well, so he's not... That might be you, Pengy. I'm back, I'm back. You're back. Yeah, sorry. I'd got a couple of really smart Ian Brown jokes lined up there. One was that um, Gavin Massey, but got him done by it, Ian Brown, proves isn't resurrection. And if he is uh, on top money, then it certainly fills goals. But we're moving back on. And because my headphones just packed up, the Joe's 
from a one of his one of his gaming headphones I was trying to use. But I think I can't remember. Sort of Leave the dad jokes to me, Steve. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're a bit niche. Those uh, Ian Brett, Stone Roses jokes. Uh, I'm still uh, hurting from your jigsaw gag the other night, which like <laughs> I was having I a got cup some of coffee. Comments on that. I don't know who from, um, but yeah, I don't really know. So I have to apologise because I got a system where I was moving the pen from one side of my computer to the other when I know it was next up. But I think it's Johnny, and I'm really interested in Ellis Harrison's performance because are we starting to see his limitations? And is his lack of goal open open play something we came on to the other week a bit of a problem, Johnny? I'd be more concerned if Harrison wasn't getting in the positions to miss him. He had that header in the first half that. The, the keeper tipped onto the bar and then the diving header in the second half, which he should have buried. So I'd be more concerned if he wasn't getting in the positions. What you've got to say is he was petulant to get that booking. There was no need for it. The game was dead. He's thrown himself in because the refs literally give him nothing all game because he was soft as shit and took a dive. Um, for the first. After that's happened, the refs made a decision on him. Whether that's right or wrong, Bez, obviously you are the qualified referee here. So do do you if you see a lad take a dive in the first first five minutes, do you write him off for the rest of the game and he's gotta be absolutely nailed to get a foul? Or I think sub- subconsciously yes, consciously no, but subconsciously you've got to be really convinced that he's been fouled after that because think right he's gonna chuck himself to the ground at every opportunity. And what I will say is what frustrated me with that one for their first goal is was it a foul on Ali Alice Addison? No it wasn't. It wasn't definitely not. But was he giving Oxford the same sort of fouls before that? Yes he was. And that's what frustrates me, the consistency. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I, I I don't really see the referee and we'll come on to it having that having an effect on the game like that for me. Uh, I just saw Harrison wasn't at his best. I mean, it was a f- four out of ten performance from him. He gets a couple of the ones because he's the only one that had had the two efforts that we had that should have been goals. His booking takes him down, but yeah, he's going to be a miss. And I think next week will show more of what we miss than anything. Next week will work with him not being there. I think you you look at obviously how the lack of goals and open play, like you've just said, Steve, and the other bits and pieces from him. But it just, yeah, it, it, won't, it, won't, it wasn't a good day for Harrison, um, compounded by the yellow card, which I really, really hope Clark is hammered in for because it was stupid. And we know we, the, Harrison's other bookings have all been similar tackles to that, but they've all been, I wouldn't say needed, but... They've all been in games where you've gone, you don't mind that. Yeah, the, the game the games have been live when he's done them before. But he did this one yesterday, the game was dead and over, so stupid. Bez? Alice Addison's bang out of form at the moment in front of goal. What you still going to get from him? Don't know. But he keeps getting rested now and again, doesn't he? He missed Cheltenham away and he missed, missed another game, didn't he? Cup game, missed Exeter. So maybe. But what you're going to get from Alice Addison is work rate. You're going to get efforts. You're going to get him willing to put his body in there. He's bang out of form in front of goal because Alice Addison in front of goal, if he's in form, he'd had four goals in the last two games he played. He'd have got at least two yesterday and he got two the game before. He's bang out of form. 
he's managed to get himself out of the Wales squad after I mentioned it. World Cup squad's mentioned. He's now managed back himself two weeks off, presuming Clark had done a play him against Barnsley and the Pizza Trophy. Oh, Clark is playing him against Clark, Clark is playing him against Barnsley. I think he is. Especially, he wouldn't have he done that. Yeah. Played him. Yeah, he is now. But I think in Addison's head, he thought, you know what? I'll have two weeks off here. I'll let this lad, and then I'll miss the Charlton game, and we've got a free week the week after. So he's having two weeks off. As you say, I fully expect Clark to play him against Barnsley now. But yeah, I'm with Johnny. Four out of ten. He wasn't a disgrace like some of the others we said, but he has bang out a form in front of goal and. Just because he's been good at the start of the season, we can't cover up when he is bang out of form in front of goal. Yeah, okay. So that's that's the team. Before we go on to the management, anybody, any, you know, we won't go through all the subs. Cass, Warrell, Garrity, Meepo, and Politic came on. Do we have over to you, Johnny first? Do we have anything on any of those that anybody there put the foot, put their hand up and say, look, the, the starting level have been really dog shit. Um, I should be playing next week. Any of the subs standing out for you? Well, Dave Worrell was my man of the match and he was on 10 minutes. Yeah, so true. That, that, that says it all. Like, it, it just, do you know what? Was is the only one, and that's partially because Sammy had a bad game, but partially because it's Dave Worrell as well and when fit, he should be starting. Um, but yeah, it's, none of the subs really had that big of an impact. Me post-trampoline foot come out again. Um, there was a couple of times when it might have been better, but yeah, just nothing really from from the bench. It did it, it made things worse, if anything. And yeah, Dennis had zero impact. So the only shining light really was the fact that Garrity got back on, and we're probably going to we're probably going to need Garrity in these next few weeks especially against Charlton, maybe with the strike force that we might put out, that Garrity's going to be probably key in there. Um, but yeah, I just think it leaves me questioning where a couple of people are. Like, where's Brad Walker? It's the sort of game that he probably, at 2-0 at half-time, probably would have been better him coming on and helping that midfield out, for example. You you can ask the question, where is McCarron? Because granted, they've been great for us when when he's come on, but it's it, it was just stupidity in terms of Mal being that bad that you can't replace him with anyone realistically. You look at formation wise, are things right? Were the subs right? Was Clark a bit stubborn at half time because? There could have been three changes at half time, um, and yeah, there's there was a lot of a lot more questions than answers come out of the game yesterday. But the one big thing is, like we said at the start, it is it is one game. We are gonna have bad performances this season. You've got to you, you've got to hope that they're against the teams that are banging form and they're smashing you because they're, they're smashing everyone as they run. Um, but. Is it a Port Vale thing to go and beat Plymouth one 0 who haven't lost a home all season in a few weeks' time? Definitely is, but like I just, I really think at the minute that we just need to be very careful of ripping the heart and soul out of the squad in January. I think I've seen a lot of people saying, 
five, six signings again like we did last year. It worked last year. Is it going to work again? No, it's not going to work every time. But we definitely need two or three. That's it. Yeah, not a lot to add to that, really, apart from, yes, we've been really harsh on them, but that was on the 90 minutes. Over the season, if it, 13th in November, you'd have offered me, what are we, seven, nine points above the drop zone? And looking a comfortable League One side, apart from yesterday, more than happy. Yesterday wasn't good enough. Agree with Johnny, I think we need three, maybe four signings in January. Stevens goes back, we obviously need a keeper. We need a left wing back. We need a striker. Because with Willow out injured, we've got no other options. Does the, striker, does, the, does the striker question change your mind if Jamie Proctor appears in the squad against Barnsley? Depends what Jamie Proctor appears. If Jamie Proctor that started this season appears, he's not good enough for League One. But let's be fair, he was carrying a knock then, and we all know he was carrying a knock. If Jamie Proctor that for me, was one of our key players last season appears. Yeah, it probably changing my mind and Proctor can fill that void. Yeah, I um, think I was going to ask you both about the strikers. We are incredibly lightweight up front because Butterworth isn't a centre-forward, really. Meepo's a young lad who I don't think any of us three particularly think is the answer to the problems. So really, we've, we've got Willow and, and Ellis. If Proctor can't come back to a fit and firing Jamie Proctor, then we desperately need somebody in January. Now, we have this, we had the same argument last year and they got around it by going for two young, for two young loan players. Could we get away with that in this league? I'm not convinced, but again, in January, everybody wants to strike it. So where will we find one? You know, there's will players who contracts are running down suddenly become available. I don't know, but I think I think striker in the next couple of three weeks till Willow's back is going to be an issue, and Garrity will probably get shoehorned into playing up top again, and then will be then it'll be like Groundhog Day for August, where everyone's slating Garrity and slating probably Flitcroft actually because everyone loves to slate him, don't we? For not making for not having enough centre forwards, decent centre forwards, and I think there'll be some truth in that matter for me. So. We didn't actually give him all for Clarky. So, Johnny Clarky, I think I think three for three for Clarky. I think, like like I said, the reason why we do the 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 text before and now is so it's not all reactive. I think the three is because for me he's probably picked the best starting eleven based on what I'd be looking at. Um, it just didn't work, and I think usually Clarky's very reactive and makes changes and. Look, when things aren't working, he he has done in the past and gone right. Let's tear up the notebook and start again within the game. Like, but he he, he felt a bit stubborn yesterday, um, and that was that was kind of the thing that cost the team as well was our stubbornness to think these are shit and these will cave eventually. That's it. One for you. Is it a long time? Is December going to be a long month for Vale? Well, we'll have 31 days, but could December have the capacity to be a troublesome month for Vale with through injuries and lack of options? I'm hoping that, obviously, as we've said, we've not got a game but two weeks' time because we're out of the cup. Um, looking at the fixture list, it doesn't look that congested until you hit the Christmas period. 
So I'm hoping we can get Funzo back, and I think he makes a big difference. I'm hoping we can get Brad back. I think he makes a difference. If Proctor can get back and he's anything like, he'll make a difference. Um, Willow should be back as well. Yeah, Willow should be back as well. I'm not overly concerned. And again, yes, yesterday was absolutely atrocious. I'm not overly concerned. I think it was a real, real bad day at the office. And it felt worse because Oxford weren't that good. If Oxford had played us off the party, you'd have Christ, we've come up against a real good side there. And we haven't. We've come up against a side that was bang average. And had we played well, I think we could have beat. But it was a bad day at the office. So, no, I'm not overly concerned. But I do think there's a couple of areas that need addressing in January. And we do need rights off. It's a bad day. It's frustrating when you spend 25 quid on a coach. You spend 26 tick quid on your ticket in there. Your beers, your pies. You probably spend 100 quid in the day to watch only three players turn up. It's hard to take as a fan. But them days are going up and we all knew they were going to happen. We've just got to dust yeah. ourselves down and get ready for Charlton next week, which I think is a real, real tough game. I've got two questions for you. All right, my first one is, based based on yesterday, do you think that Oxford are a team that finished near and three one, three points out of play outside of the playoffs? Do you think they'll be in and around that area at the end of the season? Is the first question because. Not- not for me, unless the players that were out injured and suspended make a real big difference. But one on yesterday, no. one of them is massive in Cameron back Brannigan. Yeah, he is. He is. What so, I saw yesterday for me was a mid-table team. A mid-table team that turned us over 4-0. So unless he can really drag them up to the likes of Ipswich again, be automatic for me. So if he can drag them up to the likes of a Portsmouth, a Chef Wednesday, someone like that, I'm unsure. Okay, next next one. Has our week under Bally in terms of long shots been exposed because they were they took a lot of shots from range? Yeah, yeah, I think it has. And yeah. again, I think until Funzo or Walker get back, no one's taking that role of charging players down and stopping them having the long shots. You know, in this day and age, teams know how teams can see goals, don't they? You know, and there's, I, I still think the gap between the midfield and the defence is fairly big on a lot of occasions. Pep's tried his best to do it. We've praised him for it, but he can't do it on his own. He's, you know, he's doing it, but he's not an actual. I think, yeah, teams, teams know where, you know, you always know where your opposition, where your opposition's weak. We analyse every, every team in the league, so people are going to do it to us. And I think you can, you wind back to the keeping, you know, since. Scott Brown, like when he was decent before he was, I was in favour of his changing. We haven't really had a settled number one since Brown was decent. You know, we've gone through um, Lucas, may you rest in peace, uh, Thomas Oley, Stone, you know, Stevens. Are either of you two mega convinced by those by those goalkeepers? You know, I'm not so sure. And I think that's, a position that for all the good work they've done, that's one thing we haven't really nailed, isn't it? Yeah, that's more than fair. On, on the on the note of mentioning Lucas, have you seen the uh, video that's going round about him? Yeah. No. So do you, do you remember the, the game he got sent off for Chesterfield where he... Yeah, yeah. well... They, they, they look like they're doing a being Wrexham documentary type thing. I don't know if they oh. filmed it on their own, but 
in 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 the pre-match build-up, they were like, hopefully Lucas Coverland starts because if he is, he's a fucking lunatic. And he'll, and he'll do something stupid. And then he goes and does that in the game. And you just hear him going, ref, he's just done something. Look at him. And then you just hear, hear one of the bench go, told you so. <laughs> it, was, it was just typically Lucas. It was like he listened to it and gone, yeah, sounds, you, you're telling me I'm that, so I'm going to do it. I'll do, I'll do you a solid here. I'll give you some good, co- I'll, I'll give you some good content. But yeah, no, I just, the keeping thing is, the keeping thing, the centre forwards thing, it just, it just, you know, it is an issue that we're going to have to solve somewhere along the line. So, you know, that, and that was the Oxford game. So I'll go back to you now, Johnny, because you know what you're doing. Just, just a question then to you both. Just, I hadn't thought about this. Lucas come back as number two, Stone go out on loan. Is that a better option for us? By providing we sign a first choice keeper or keep Jack Stevens. I hadn't thought of that. So you've just said it, but yes. And do you know why? Because for me. Lucas comes back as number two. We all know Lucas is going at the end of the season. There's no way he's getting a contract extension. But bringing back as number two, and yes, okay, if something happens to Stevens and he comes in and all of a sudden becomes a world-class goalie, we keep him, but that's unlikely. But then at least Stone, who's... He'd have to play one game, that's the thing, because we've got Oxford again, so he'd have to play one game. I wouldn't be against that. And I do think Stone, who we know is under contract for next season, going out and getting six months of regular football, he will come back a much better goalie and then you have a look at him in pre-season. So, yeah, actually, I hadn't thought of that, but now you've put it on the table, I'd be all for that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it. I'd be controversial. If Lucas comes back, I think I'd be tempted to give him one last shot as, as number one if Stevens goes back. He has got, he's out of contract next year. So he's under a lot of pressure. It, it, football is his career. So if he came back as number one, he can't afford to do anything stupid. Unless he's completely wide up wrong and he can't help himself. He needs to, if he came back and played from January till July and played well, he is playing for his job, his livelihood. And there's a distinct argument that says that because Lucas's issues for me was never his goalkeeping. It was everything else that went with it. His, his, uh, his, lack, his lack of brains or his... Uh, or his connection in his head. So if, if Lucas came back, you know, if Stevens goes and we can't get anyone better, and financially we are going to be paying Lucas, you know, I know Chesterfield will be contributing, but if we can't get any better, I bring him back, but I bring him back as as number one and give him a go, but that is not without a hell of a lot of risks. I'm just looking at Chesterfield's lineup for yesterday. He hasn't been in the squad recently, has he? Didn't even make the bench. Is no. that since is is that since his um, catastrophe? No, no I have seen him playing since then. Yeah, but he made a he made a bit of a cock up Denny in the game. He he played. I think for, for me, Steve, I think the only the only the only thing that would scare me off the number one conversation like you've just had is the fact of you've just said Clyde Bunley's out of contract at the end of the season, and um blah blah blah. He's not doing it to Chesterfield, so what says he's going to do it in League One? Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And just that's quickly, bad. yeah, Joe, my my son has just walked back and he's nearly and he's nearly spilt his pint of water over the floor when I suggested that Lucas might come back as number one. So yeah, it was just it's just an idea, just just something that cropped, you know, that came into my head. And then my last my last question of the night for you, because I've been thinking quite a lot in the last twenty four hours. Two players that we that we looked at in the summer 
as in we not knowing if they all did or not, but we looked at in the summer, are going into their final six months of the contract. One of them is playing and hasn't, I, I, I believe, hasn't scored a goal in Cole Stockton. The other isn't starting first choice in goal in Hedlaki. Now, do you, do you, I wouldn't say break the bank, but is it eggs in, eggs in one basket for both of them and maybe not sign another player in January? Would you be happy with that? Or would you prefer not to sign either of them, wait till the summer and hope that we're the best of, I'd, I'd say, a lot of offers for both? And sign two or three in the what three three or four maybe in January to to help us cement mid table. Steve, go with you first. Um, I would. Hidlaki, the keeper, I would take. He was the keeper I wanted at the start of the season. I think I did the Ipswich pod, and you know, and they couldn't understand why I was still there. Stockton's an interesting one. They walk and played that all all wrong. With Stockton, why they didn't sell him because he was always going to wind his contract down and pay it off. But he hasn't scored this season. I get that, but I think you know there's a player there, and I think he could do a, he could do a job for us. But the money'd have to be right, you know. If they wouldn't sell him for big for what was reported somewhere about hundred grand in the summer, they're going to have to either sell him now or let him wind his contract down and have a player who scored no goals is going to walk away for free. So the chances are they'll want to cash in. From his point of view, will he say, nah, fuck that for Game of Toy Soldiers, I'll wait till the summer and see what's about. But of course, then there's a risk for him as well. There might be nothing about. So yeah, I would give both of those a go. Trim down the squad, send down, send back all the um, the loan players and try and get hands on them. Bez? I've just been strolling all the way back through Chesterfield's Twitter and I've got back to the 25th of the 10th, which... There's about five games previous for them. And Kovalan hasn't even been in the squad for any of the games yet. So he hasn't been anywhere near for a while. So I think that changes my answer. And I think he can't come back as number two. If he can't even get in the conference side, he can't be on number two. So that changes my answer on that. Johnny, um, when you do the editing, can you edit that bit out where I said he might be able to come back as number one then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just gloss, gloss, gloss over that, but that actually never happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I've just dropped my... Um, Similar to what Steve said, I'd definitely go in for a lackey, I think, especially if Stevens goes back. But even if Stevens doesn't, and we can get a lackey on a two, three year contract, go and get him and then let Stephen uh, Stone go or out send on loan. Stevens back. Send or send Stevens back. Stevens. Either send Stevens back and let Stone go out on loan and develop, because we need Stone to develop. Um, Stockton, I've always really liked him when we've played against Morecambe. He's held off defenders, he's strong, he's a goal scorer. His current form worries me. And would I be going to spend 100 grand on a striker that hasn't scored this season? No, I don't think I would. And I think I'd rather use that money to sign a left wing back for one, a goalie for two, and then either a striker if Proctor's going to be nowhere near, if not, maybe a creative midfielder. And also there's some lone players that need to go back. Yeah, before we leave, then I'll throw one back at you two. Come on, Steve. The jungle's been on for half. I know. Hours. Sorry, yeah. I just I can hear Sarah laughing. Um, I'll throw one back at you two. We can sign a player for two positions. Which two positions are you picking? Quickly, you Bez. Presuming Stephen stays, I'm going left wing back and I'm going striker. Johnny, same question. 
centre mid and left wing back. There we go. There we go. There we go. Go on then, Bears. That's, you wrap it up. That's it. I'll wrap it up. Um, Johnny will be back on Thursday. Don't know who yet, but it won't be me. I'll be on my jollies. So I'm miss, missing the Charlton game I watched from Spain. I'll be back. It's Barnsley a week on Tuesday. Yes, before before Right, I'll be missing Barnsley then. Um, then we've got a Saturday off, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Sometime before we go, he's Gavin Massey. Get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. So everyone get yourselves down Johnny's. Have a beer in there. Um, get yourself an Andy PVFC's taxis. He's had some really good feedback online. Go over it's to a... AV timing. Go on. Oh, Andy, Andy supplies oatcakes as well when he's picking you up from the airport, by the looks of it. Yeah, seen that for Uncle Stan. Yeah, so um, there get we go. Yourself, yeah, he'll do that for you. Get yourself navytiming.com and get training for a race. Where else have we got? If you want oh. Amos, go down the pub. Yeah. <laughs> if you want carpet fitting, it won't be tomorrow because Danny's politics slashed Amos's tyre today. So he won't well, be He's taking delivery of his new cat as well. Yeah, <laughs> so it won't be Amos. And that's everything. It is. So, and- Ultimately, the main main thing is do a bezer, have an ale, and up the veil. Keep the faith.